Okay, so we left it in page 117b4 and we are at the bottom of the first column that the Mishnah said meaning to say if a fire breaks into a house then the Mishnah said that a person might save enough food for three meals. So that's why this is the beginning of the of the discussion having three meals on Shabbos, Shabbos Shudas. Says again, Mora, Tarabanan, Abraisa. Kamasudus Hayevadam, Lechol Beshabes, how many meals is a person obligated to eat on Shabbos? So we're going to see over here an argument, a machlokis. The Chochamim hold Shalosh. As we hold three meals, one Friday night and two during the day. But there's an opinion, listen to this, Rabbi Chitke. Rabbi Chitke Oimer, Arba, four, meaning to say one by night, and three <laughs> during the day. And then later on, not today, but the Gemara later is going to say, we, there's also mitzvah Merave Malka. So according to Rabbi Hitka, you eat four meals the day of Shabbos and then Motzah Shabbos all together. Omar Rabbi Hanan, Rabbi Hanan said, the Shnei Mikroi Chadarshu. And both of them are basing themselves in the same verse. This is when Moshe Rabbeinu commanded the Jewish people to go out and to gather the manna. And uh, on Shabbos, man wouldn't fall. It says in the Pasuk of Ayom and Moshe, Ichlu Ayom, Kibo Shabbos Ayom Lashem, Ayom Eloi Simtum Basade. When some people went out, we're going to see later on, to try to collect man on Shabbos, Moshe Rabbeinu told them, no, today there's no man, today you should only eat it. But look in the verse, the verse says three times the word ayom, today. So Moshe said, eat it today, for today is a Shabbos to Hashem, and today you shall not find it in the field. So these three times that the verse uses the word ayom today, is a reference to have a meal. So three times he said you have a meal today. So according to Rabbi Tchit Kasavar, Ani Tlose Ayom Levar Miorta. That the three times that the verse said the word today, that's separate, it's excluded from the one of the evening. So in the footnote they say, look somewhere else, how does he learn that you should also have a meal during the night? But what the verse said three times today, it means during the day. No, when the verse said today, it's implying throughout the whole day, and we all know that the day starts by the night, so you have one meal in the night, and then two meals during the day. Now, for the continuing of the Gemara, we should keep in mind that in the past, in the time of the Mishnah and the time of the Gemara, people usually only had two meals. They had one meal like a brunch, and then one meal like in the late afternoon. So that's what it meant Shabbos special, that instead of only having one meal in the day and one in the late afternoon towards even the night, so you have three meals during the day. According to Rabbi Chikia, you had even four. So the Gemara is going to try to prove that our Mishnah follows Rabbanan and not, not Rabbi Chitka. Because going back to our Mishnah, Tnan, it said, Naflat leka beleil Shabbos. If a, a fire broke on a house. Uh, by the way, do you see the video? Unbelievable. I got the video yesterday, I posted in the group about a house that caught fire and they were able to set the separatora and that's the daf yomi we did Tuesday and yesterday. It's unbelievable how things just, just fit. Unbelievable. Okay, so going back to the Mishnah. If there's a fire on a house, said the Mishnah, moving to page 118, we saw it that according to the Mishnah, a person can save only amount of bread for three meals. So, says the Gemara, my love, the loyal, isn't the Mishnah referring to a case where he hasn't eaten, and that's why he can save 
for three meals. As Shabbos started, he didn't have the meal of Friday night, so that's one of the three meals he can rescue bread for. Says the Gemara Allah, no, according to Rabbi Hitka, you can even say that he also learns the Mishnah reflects his opinion. And we're dealing after he already ate the meal of the night, and therefore he can only rescue for three meals, which is for the next days, three meals according to Rav Hitka of the day. The Gemara continues on the Mishnah. Says the Mishnah, Shachri is Matzilin Mazon Shteseudos. If the fire broke in the morning, he can only save food for two meals. This is the Mishnah. Again, the Gemara says, My love, the Loyachal, is in the Mishnah dealing with a case that he hasn't eaten the meals of the day, and nevertheless, he can only rescue for two meals and not for three meals. And this would be again a uh, kasha. It's not a kasha because it's a machlokestanaim, but we'll prove that Mishnah is hachamim, not Ravchitka. And again, the Gemara says, Look, the Achal. No, we can even say that the Mishnah is dealing in the day when he already ate the day meal. And nevertheless, he can rescue for two meals according to Rav Hitka. The third proof says the Mishnah, If the fire broke in the afternoon, he might save food for only one meal. And again, says the is in the case of the Mishnah where he hasn't eaten and he can only rescue for one meal, which is a third meal. Says the Gemara, again the same thing. The Achal, the Mishnah referring with he had already eaten the third meal of Shabbos, and nevertheless he can still rescue one more meal, according to Rav Hitka. Says the Gemara, now we're going to bring you a final proof. You cannot learn the Mishnah like that. The army, the Ketani, is safer. At the very end of the Mishnah, if you remember, Rabbi Yossi argued with the Chochamim, and Rabbi Yossi Omer, Leola Matzilim Mazon Shalosh Sudos. According to Rabbi Yossi, it doesn't matter at what, which stage uh, of the Shabbos, whether the beginning, the morning, or the afternoon, when the fire breaks, according to Rabbi Yossi, you can always save for three meals. So says the Gemore, So it's implied that according to the Tanakama, you, you, you can only... So if according to Rabbi Yossi, wherever you are, you can only save for three meals, so that's also what the Tanakama, the Chochamim, hold. And they just, depending where you are in, in regarding how many meals left to eat, that's how much you can save. So if according to Rabbi Yossi, all together, you can only save three. So also according to the Chochamim, even at the beginning of Shabbos, which is the maximum you could save, is only three meals. Says the Gemara, you're right. Ela mechabarta manisin deloke Rabbi. Hitka. You're right. It's clear that our Mishnah is not following Rabbi Hitka, and the Chochamim hold in the Tanakam over Mishnah, even Rabbi Yossi, that you only have to have three meals on Shabbos. But now the Gemara is going to bring another proof. Now this is proof is coming from a Mishnah regarding how much you can give is a Mishnah and Peah to poor people. So says the Mishnah. There's a mission that says the following. If a poor person already has food enough for two meals of that day, then it's forbidden for him to take that day food from the communal platter. If you look in the footnote, they explain that every city, every town, they would collect food items from the wealthy people, and then any poor person that didn't have food for that day would go over there and they would provide for him food for two meals. And again, because in those days people would only eat two meals a day. And the Mishnah says, but if he already has food for the day, he cannot collect food for the following day. It's like the man, every day you collect for that very same day. So then continues the Mishnah. Mazon uh, Arba, um, one second, where, where we left it. Mishnah,
Let me just, I'm getting confused about the reading. Oh, then it's a new case in the Mishnah. Now, the Kupa is a different thing. You know the Kupa is like the Kupa Tzedakah, which is the Tzedakah box. So they explain in the footnotes that, <coughs> sorry, for people, that was for them a little bit embarrassing to go and collect food daily. For, for them, they had a money, like a tzedakah box, a money uh, uh, a box for, for the nations. And that, people would collect money once a week. So they made a calculation, there's two meals a day, for the entire week is 14. So it's the same principle. If you, if somebody already had money for 14 meals, then that week he cannot collect. But if you only had less than 14 meals, he can, yes, collect, because it was a once, once a week distribution of the money. So that's the second part of the Mishnah. If he has enough food for 14 meals, he might not take from the char charity box. This is a Mishnah. Now the Gemara is going to question in, 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 in basis of the two opinions of how many meals you have on Shabbos. Says the Gemara of Mani. This, that Mishnah in Pea, Lo Rabbanan, Lo It doesn't follow any of the opinions. If you would follow the opinion that on Shabbos of the Rabbis, you on Shabbos you have three meals, then it should be 15 meals. Because it's uh, two a day, but on Shabbos is three. Shall I show this? So it should be 15, not only 14. And according to Rabbi Tchidia, even one more should be 16. Yeah, you know what? We can say that that Mishnah is Rabbanan. Why? We, we advise to the poor person, that what you're planning to eat like normally the meal of the night. So in Motu Shabbos, instead of eating, eating that meal Motu Shabbos, when Shabbos is out, eat it earlier before sunset and have it as a third meal. And look in the footnotes that even though the Gemara later on is going to bring the mitzvah of eating Melave Malka, and the, the best would be to even vas to have bread Motu Shabbos, so by then telling him, don't wait until Motu Shabbos for that meal, eat it before sunset, he won't have any meal for Melave Malka. So they explain, okay, if he's a poor person and doesn't have money, we don't have to, to use the money of Tzedakah for him to have a Melave Malka. It's like a little bit of a luxury. If you have money and you are able to have Melave Malka, have Melave Malka, not for money of Tzedakah. And like that, he brings earlier the, the meal of Motor Shabbos, and it's enough with 14 meals to have uh, two meals during the Shabbos itself. There is Chachamim. So then the Gemara says, Leima Rabbanani velo Rabbi Chitka. So according to this answer, so then he goes, okay, as you explained to me, for Rabbanan, when you only need three meals on Shabbos. But according to Rabbi Chitka, with 14 meals, how is going to be able to eat four meals on Shabbos, one by night and three during the day? So the Gemara, no, you can also do a similar type of strategy. What you can tell this poor person, let's move to the next side of the page. He said, My devoice Michael They tell him, you know what? Instead of having a brunch, your usually brunch of the Friday morning, don't eat Friday morning and use that bread to eat Friday night. The Gemara says, That's a little bit cruel. You're going to tell poor people, you know what, don't eat anything on Friday, and wait until Friday night. So you make poor people, I mean, the Mishnah in Pea says that every poor person has to fast the entire day of Friday. I mean, that's Rachmanos. The Gemara says, you're right, that cannot be the case. 
Ela amani rabekidai. So we have to say in a different way why we do this. Because that mission is following Rabbi Akiva. The Amar, because Rabbi Akiva said the following, A person should make a Shabbos like a normal weekday, but not to depend on people. So therefore, could, the Mishnah could be either Rabbanu or Rabbi Chidka, but when it comes to Tzedakah, a person shouldn't get money from Tzedakah in order to have more meals during Shabbos. Now look in the footnotes, in the footnote number 8, that Rabbi Akiva principles applies only to a poor person who is otherwise self-sufficient and can sustain himself without the need of taking tzedakah. But Rabbi Akiva would agree, however, that if somebody who has already reached the stage where he must accept charity from others because he does not possess even two meals for each day of the week, then he should be giving charity for enough during Shabbos. Either the three meals according to Rabbanan or the four meals according to Rabhitka. But so going back, says the Gemara, that Mishnah in Pea is talking to somebody that is able to support himself and um, we don't give him extra for Shabbos. But the interesting thing over here is talking about the cup of tzedakah. Let me just see what the article says on top. The truth, now, now that I, I read this footnote, I'm a little bit confused. Because it says like this, I'm going back to the top where the Ashkel is explaining the Gemara. He said, to him we tell, in accordance with the principle of Akiva, that it's better not to accept charity and to only eat two meals on the Shabbos, just as he would eat on the weekdays. And then the footnote again, it says, that Akiva's principle is applied only to a poor person who is otherwise self-sufficient and can sustain himself. Understand, because the mission in Paris is talking about the Kupa of Tzedakah. We're talking about somebody that definitely will have to give Tzedakah. I don't know, sorry about that. Now, it, it's a bit confusing, this footnote that is based on Atoisus. I don't know, I'm sorry. When I, when I prepared it, I thought I understood it, but now I have a little bit of a question on this because the Mishnah Empire is talking about giving tzedakah. So how come they explain that Rabbi Kiva holds when you don't need tzedakah? Sorry about that, I'm going to have to review it. Okay, let's continue. Says again, Mola, but hold on. That Mishnah also has the following. We do not give a poor man who travels from place to place, meaning to say, let's say you have a poor person that doesn't live in this town, and he's just traveling. So says the Mishnah that if he's going to go, he's just coming to this town, and he's going to leave before the night, so, it says in the Mishnah, we don't give less mikikar bepundion in besela. This expression, you're going to find it many places in the Gemara. That is a loaf of bread that costs a pundion when uh, four seas of flour cost a sela. So, I won't get into the whole calculation, but in the footnote number nine, they explain to you that this is the value of money that you can buy flour and when you bake it, it comes out to be a loaf of bread enough for two meals. So that's basically what the mission is telling us. So when a poor person that is traveling passes through a city and he's going to go away, you give him bread for two meals. 
Now, Lan, this is a continuation of the Mishnah. If he's planning to stay in the town overnight, Nodilo Parnasas Lina. We give him also provisions for the night lodging. The Gemara is going to explain soon what does that mean. Vim Shabbos, but if he's going to spend Shabbos on the city, Nodilo Mazon Shalosudos, we give him food for three meals. Okay, that was the beginning of the previous Mishnah. So this Gemara so clearly the Mishnah says you only give him food for three meals, so it must be Robanan and not Rabbi Chitka. The Gemara again tries to defend it could even be Rabbi Chitka. Lelam Rabbi Chitka. suda veade. So this case that you only give him for three meals is when this poor person had already come with one meal. He had he one he came he had one meal with him. So therefore, with another three, he can have four. Look, if you already have bread for one meal, so we're going to give you for three meals, so you all together are going to have four meals on Shabbos. But then the Gemara is going to ask, that also sounds a bit cruel. So then, if you are forcing him to use the, the extra meal he had, as one of the meals of Shabbos, when Shabbos is out, he has no more food left over. So when he goes out to the next town, he's going to go with empty hands? What, what, what is he going to eat on Sunday? So says the Gemara, the Malvin Aleh, No, when, when he's going to leave on Sunday, then we provide him with a meal to, to accompany himself. So actually, if you look in the footnotes, it really means we're going to give him usually two meals. One meal he's going to, we're going to give him already on Sunday for breakfast, for brunch. He's going to eat one meal. And we're going to give him an extra meal, as the beginning of the Mishnah said, for the afternoon as he's traveling. Okay, so the Gemara didn't come to an agreement whether the previous Mishnah could be either the rabbis or Abhidka. But once we brought in Mishnah, the Gemara is going to clarify what is this Parnassus Lina. What does the Mishnah mean that we also, if he's going to stay overnight, we give him provisions for the night lodging? Papa says, We give him a bed and a pillow. Okay, turn the This is a Braisa that says the following. If a person arvis madichan uh, when he eats by night, uses plates, so then he can wash them for the next morning. Because as long as you need it for Shabbos, you can, you, you can do that effort of washing something for the next morning if you're going to need it. And again, Shachris, whatever you used the plates for the morning, so you wash them in order to eat in the afternoon. And again, and those who you ate in the afternoon, again, you can wash them to eat at Mincha. So you see clearly that this Braisa follows Rav Hitka because he already told us one meal by night and three meals during the day. And then, once you already ate the fourth meal, which is the third of the day, then you shouldn't wash any more plates because then it would be for Motsu Shabbos and you cannot do things on Shabbos for after Shabbos. But when it comes to Avalkoisos, the Kitonios, the Tzluchios, but when it comes to cups and drinking ladles and pitchers, that you can keep on washing even after the mincha. Why? Because there's no fixed time for drinking. So drinking people drink even until the last minute of Shabbos. So therefore that would be permitted to wash. Okay. Now we're going to go to beautiful stories. It's not stories, but it's Agadeta that the Gemara brings how much reward people get for observing Shabbos properly. Omar Abishimon ben Pazi, Amar Abishimon ben Levi, Mishun Bar Kapara, 
Anybody that observes properly the, these three meals, we're following Rabbanan. And you see, Allah Lemaise, when we do three meals on Shabbos, he's going to be saved from three terrible misfortunes. From the travails of the Mashiach. The word Hevlo is like a lady giving birth. The Gemara in Sadrenin compares the process of the coming Mashiach as the, as the birth pains of a mother. Umedina shall gain him, and also after a person passes away, if he ate Shaleshudes, he's going to be protected from the punishment of Geinum, if he needs to go to the Geinum. And just before Mashiach arrives, there's going to be a terrible war. That was my class of yesterday night. If you heard it, and if you didn't, let me know. I'll send you the recording. It's interesting what is happening just before Mashiach arrived. The war of Gog and Magog in Ezekiel 38 and 39 and in Zechariah 14. So those are hectic things. And by eating three meals on Shabbos, you're going to get protected. And the Gemara is going to bring, how do we know that? Says the Gemara, how do we know you're going to be saved from these travails of the time of the Mashiach? See, when Mashiach is about to come, which is Mamish nowadays, where everybody holds. All the Chacham we are already living in the times of the Heavenly Mashiach. is written regarding Shabbos day. Again, we saw three times he said in the Pasuk the word Yom. When Moshe Rabbeinu told them today, eat, today, manna won't come down. And Ksiv also regarding there, the Heavenly Mashiach, the coming of the Mashiach says, Behold, I send you the prophet Eliyahu before. Uh, there the arrives the day of Hashem, the great and awesome day. So it's like a Gzera Shaba, Yom to Yom. Eating Shabbos and the, the great and awesome day that Eliana is going to come in this time just before Mashiach arrives. Then also regarding Midanashal Genom, the punishment of Genom, it says, Ksiva Chayoyim. Is written again in the Pasuk of, of, of Shabbos, of the man day, and also regarding the, the Genom, regarding the Genom is written, a day of anger is that day. So it's again a Gzera Shabbat connecting both of them. And the third one, Mimilchemes Gogumagog, that the word of the end of days, it says, it says over here, day, the Ksivasam, Kiyom Boigog. And in the day that Gog is going to come, that is in Ezekiel 38. Okay. Uh, another teaching of the reward of having a, a good meal on Shabbos. Anyone that really makes a meal of Shabbos to be really a pleasurable meal. Whoever delights in the Shabbos is granted a, b a boundless heritage. How do we know that? It says in the Passover, in Yeshayahu, it says, As tisanig al Hashem, virkaveticha al bomosei eretz vechalticha vechalticha Nachalas Yaakov Avicha Begoimer. So it says in the Pasuk, then you shall be granted pleasure with Hashem, and I shall mount you astride the heights of the world, and I will provide you the heritage of your forefather Yaakov. So it says, this is the Pasuk in Ishayahu. So the Drasha goes like this. Not like Abraham Avinu that Hashem promised to him, arise and walk about the land through its length, etc., and its breadth, for to you I will give it. So we see with Abraham Avinu it was very limited. Hashem said, go, and the boundaries of the land are going to be yours, but it's already limited by those boundaries. And Hashem told Yitzhak Avinu, 
and all and is not only limiting like Yitzchak Avinu Hashem told him um, for uh, for to you and your offspring will I give all these lands. So it's in plural, meaning to say it's even more than to Abraham Avinu. To Abraham Avinu only said the land of Israel. To Yitzchak Hashem promised even more of, more lands, but nevertheless it's limited to whatever those lands were. Elaki Yaakov Avinu. Rather, the passage we just read from Ishayahu promises whoever is Mesanegal Hashem, he's going to be the Nochala like Yaakov Avinu, Shekasubo, Ufarasa Yama, Bekenma, Bezefon, Banegva. Hashem told him that you're going to um, burst to the west, to the east, to the north, and to the south, meaning to say, without any limit. So that's what the passage said. Kola Mesanegal Hashem. Let's read it again. Going back to the previous page, if you proclaim the Shabbos at the light, then you shall be granted pleasure with the shame, and I shall mount you astride the heights of the world, and I will provide you the heritage of your forefather Jacob, boundless. Okay, another benefit for the one that makes Shabbos a special day, Nitzel. Mishibut Galuyos, he's going to be spared from the pressure of the exiles. How do we know that? The very same verse we just read that it says concerning one who delights in the Shabbos, and I shall mount you astride the heights of the world. And the words are Bamasei Aretz. So again, we're going to make a connection between, between this word of Bamasei and another word. This is a pasuk in Dvarim that it says your foes will try to deceive you, but you will trample, you will trample upon their haughty ones. Again, is Bamosemoi. So we see that if you keep Shabbos properly, then they won't be able to rule over you. You're gonna rule over them. Okay, next one. Whoever delights in the Shabbos, Hashem is going to give him all his wishes of his heart. How do we know that? Whoever takes the light in Hashem, Hashem will grant you your heart's wishes. So if you trust in Hashem and you are not worried on Shabbos, so then Hashem is going to give you Yabimuna, it's going to give you everything you need. Now, I don't know exactly what is meant by this delight. So when it says in Yeshayahu over there, and you shall proclaim the Shabbos of the light of Yomer Ze Onek Shabbos. Then that is the reference to the light of Shabbos. So that's how we learn this. Look in the footnote number 13, it's very interesting. According to some boy scheme, Onek Shabbos is a mitzvah de rise. So every time, and we're going to see throughout the, the Gigomera today and tomorrow, Bezat Hashem, that if you are, have a Muna, and you spend money for Shabbos without being scared. I don't know, I was about to say uh, with responsibility, but maybe not even responsibility. You have to have a Muna. You go and you buy the best food and the best meat and the best biltong and the best wine. Lichbot Shabbos, Leonek Shabbos. You're fulfilling a mitzvah de Raisa. You're doing a mitzvah from the Torah. Some others say it's maybe only a smachta, it's only like a rabbinical but based on psukim but it's it's very important to really go out of your way to really have special food for shabbos now the gimel is going to give us examples on those days how people would uh, eat things that were considered special in those days the onek shabbos so which foods should delight yourself on shabbos Rabbi Yehuda be the Rabbi Shmuel bar Shilas Mishmed the Rabbi Mar besavshil shel trodin ve dogim gdolim ve reshei shumin with 
a dish of cooked pits and a large, fi large fish and sorry, cloves of garlic. Seems to be that those were the delicatessen of those days and also healthy foods. Today you have pickles and biltong and chilies. Even if you don't have much money, you have really very, very little money. But if you do mamish with the cabanos, something small in the honor of Shabbos, this is considered as you're doing the best to be manic as a Shabbos. And the Gemara asks, what is an example of something small? Amara Papa, Casa de Arsena. Is Casa de Arsena in the footnote number 16? They explain small fish fried in their own oils and flour. Okay, even if you cannot afford more than that, but you do even that is considered that you were manic as a Shabbos. Whoever observes Shabbos according to the Aloche, I feel it's not that you should do it, but just to show you how important it is to keep Shabbos, that even if this person, person did idol worship, and we're going to see some why, like the third generation of humanity, which was Enosh, the grandchild of Adam, Machalim lo, Hashem is going to forgive you. Shenemar Ashrei Enosh, here the verse states Enosh. And what is unique about Enosh, the grandchild of Adam Rishon? If you look in the Pasuk, that's when idolatry started in the world. Adam had three sons. As we know, the third son was, the third son was Shez. So by the time of his sons, Nobody did idolatry. When Shez had Enosh, that's when they started doing idolatry. So it says, Asher Enosh, Yasezois, Begoimer, Mechaleloi. Happy is the man, Enosh, who does this, who safeguards the Shabbos from desecrating it. Mechaleloi. So says Rabbi Yochanan, Altikrim Mechaleloi, Ela Machuloi. Because you can separate the words. The word I'm split into two, machul loim, meaning to say that even if a person does avodazore, like in the generation of Enosh, but if he gives Shabbos, machul loim, he's going to be forgiven. If the Jewish people would have kept, observed, even the first Shabbos, in the desert, when the man fell down, that would have given us the protection that never after that, uh, neither any race, neither any nation could have uh, over, over, overpowered us, assailed them. Why? It says like this, It says, I think it was Dasan Belviran, the Tur Shoim. They went on Shabbos to collect the man. And even though Moshe Rabbein had warned them, don't go out on Shabbos, there's no man on Shabbos, that one Friday got double portions. But they didn't believe in Moshe, or they wanted to prove him wrong, like the liberals in America tried to prove Trump wrong. So they broke Shabbos, either because they took out uh, vessels, so they did Otsah to collect the man, or some say they went out of the Tchum. They walked outside of the boundaries, the distance you can walk on Shabbos, and according to Rabbi Kiva, the host threw in your eyes. And they broke Shabbos. And because they broke Shabbos, the, what happened after that? So it happened on the seventh day that some of the people went out to gather the man. At the end of Parashas Beshalach, it says that uh, Amalek came to fight against the Jewish people. And if you look in the footnotes, Rashi brings in Parashat Zachor a marshal to where we can compare Amalek when there was a hot bath that was so hot that nobody dared to go in. And there was a Meshuganer that said, ah, I'm going to jump in, I'm going to get burned, but I'm going to cool it off. That was Amalek. When the Jewish people went out of Egypt with so many miracles, the ten plagues and the split of the sea and all that, all the nations were scared to even get close to Am Israel. But then came Amalek, 
and he went like a suicide, a, a, a kamikaze. And even though Amalek was killed, but he cooled off the fear of Israel that the nations had towards Israel. But says over here the Gemara, if Israel would have kept the first Shabbos properly, even Amalek would have not dared to go against them. Okay, let's put a little bit of light over here. Uh, let's continue. Omar Rabbi Yochanan, I'm in the top of 118b2. Omar Rabbi Yochanan, I'm in the top of 118b2. Omar Rabbi Yochanan, I'm in the top of 118b2. Omar Rabbi Yochanan, I'm in the top of 118 This is a famous teaching. If the Jewish people would only observe two Shabbosim, even nowadays, according to the Aloha, they would be redeemed immediately when Mashiach would come. Shenemar, because as in the Pasuk, Ke'amar Hashem, Lazarisim Asher Ishmeru Shabbososai. So says Hashem, this actually is the Aftar of the Tainis. Next week is going to be a Tainis, but we're going to be able to go to Shul for the Aftar. But over there in the Aftar of Mincha and Ishayao, it says, So says Hashem regarding the eunuchs who observe my Shabbos. So Shabbos is in plural, Shabbosois. So we see from here, you need to, always when you have a plural, the minimum of the plural is two. So if at least they would observe two Shabbosim, then what it says in the next Pasuk, I will bring it to my holy mountain and I will make them joyful in my house of prayer and their burnt offerings and their sacrifice shall be accepted upon the altar. So we see in one the third verse of Migdash, we only have to keep the entire Jewish people to Shabbosim. And look in the footnotes, in the footnote number 24, at the end of the footnote, they bring from Jerusalem in Tainis and in Shmos Rabbah that even one Shabbos is enough. Now, previously, according to Gemora, why two Shabbosim? Let's explain the footnotes. Because the Kedush of Shabbos carries you throughout the week and even brings you with more Kedush to the following Shabbos. So if we keep two Shabbosim according to our Gemara, not to Yerushalmi, if we keep two Shabbosim, then we have the, the Kedusha, the spirituality of the first Shabbos throughout the week and coming into the second Shabbos, and that would help us that the second Shabbos would be complete. Now we finished this topic, and now we're going to go into all sorts of topics. And the only reason why is because it's Rabbi Yossi. So there's going to be two parts to this. To this. First of all, Rabbi Yossi, now beginning, the, let, let, it, let it be my portion among the people to do this and that. And then the Gemara is going to go to things that Rabbi Yossi was careful about doing. So first says like this, I'm Rabbi Yossi. Let my portion be among those people that eat three meals on Shabbos, as we just saw, and that's what the Gemara is bringing it. Now, obviously we saw it's a mitzvah to have three meals on Shabbos, but because we're a little bit, people were a little bit lax, they were slow, they were lazy, or they weren't careful enough to eat three meals, so he wanted to make a point that it's important to do that. So that's why he said, let it be my portion about the people that eat three meals on Shabbos. And another thing he used to say, I'm Rabbi Yossi, Ye chelki mi gomrei halel bechoyom. Let my portion be among those who complete the halal every day. Let me, let me say halal every single day. The master said, hey, could that be? The master but the master said, if somebody recites the halal, the halal that we say on, 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 on Yontef, if you say that full halal every single day, is considered either belittling and blaspheming Hashem. Look at the phone number 27. Uh, I'm going to point out two things that they bring over there. One of them at the beginning, because this Alel is, by, is established by the prophets in special occasions. And it's an expression of praise and gratitude to Hashem. So if you say Alel every single day, it's like it reduces the, the, the importance. It's like a, just like you're singing over there and it's a farce. This is Rashi. You are 
you are you are uh, taking away the importance of the allele if you would be saying it every single day. Now, then let me move on to the to in the same footnote towards the end of it. So, usually, allele is for the miracles that Hashem does. Now, even na nature is also a miracle. So Hashem reminds us that nature is a miracle by sometimes doing miracles. But if we say Allel every day and we only consider that the miracles are coming from Hashem, we're kind of implying that nature is not really so much from Hashem. So that's what he says. Those one who says Allel every day indicates that Hashem is to be thanked only for the out of the ordinary miracles but not the workings of nature after creation. So that's why it's considered like a, blasph like a blasphemy. So that is a question, a question of Rabbi Yossi. Why Rabbi Yossi say that let my portion be among those who say Alel every day? It's not good. So the, the Gemara says, no, we're not really referring to the Alel as we understood, rather the Psuk and the Zimbra. They were regarding to the Tehillim, we'd say in Shachris, in the Psuke, in the Psalms, in the Psuke de Zimbra. And look at the footnote number 28, particularly the Psalm number 148 and 150. So it's brought Lealacha. If you are running short of time, or you came late to Minna, hopefully we should, should we go back to the Minnaim soon. If you're running late, you should at least th say three Psalms. Ashrei and these two, 148 and 150. And some add even mismo lesoida. Again, you should try to say all to get the zimbra, but at least try to say these three ashre, 148 and 150, and if, even if you can, mismo lesoida. Another thing, let my portion be among those who pray during the redness of the sun. We had this Gemara, I'm going to keep on reading it twice in Brachos. Mitzvah It is a mitzvah to pray during the redness of the sun. So, uh, what is this redness of the sun? Early in the morning, just before sunrise, when you see the horizon in the sunrise getting like reddish, and also by sunset, when you that is mincha, when you see also the sun setting down and also the sun getting reddish. Amar said, Maikra, what is the source of this teaching? It says in the Pasuk, May we revert you with the shining of the sun, that is a sunrise, and before the moon shines, that is just by sunset, before the moon comes out, throughout all generations. So look in the fundos, they bring over them, we saw this in Brachos, there's a Gemara in Psachim that says, why the sun is red in sunrise? Because it comes through Ganeiden. So it's the shining of the roses of Ganeiden. And why is it reddish in the afternoon? Because it goes through Geeno, so through, the, through, the, through, through hell, and that's why it's reddish. So those two things, if you contemplate about Ganeiden, about Geeno, they're going to bring what they're going to install in you, Yilat Shemayim. So that's, good. that's why those are the proper times to daven. Another teaching of Rabbi Yossi, <laughs> Let it be my portion among those who die of intestinal disease. Why? Because uh, it's been taught in the following teaching, The majority of the righteous people, they die from intestinal disease. So, looking at the photo number 31, this is a very painful form of death. However, those who suffer through it are cleansed of their sins, and then they go straight to Ganeiden. Another teaching. Uh, one second. Let, me, let my portion be among those who die while on the way of doing a mitzvah. Now, even though there's a general rule that when you do a mitzvah, the, the mitzvah protects you, but if the time to die is going to be already for the person, says Rabbi Yossi, let it be 
that when my time, my time to die is arrived, should be on the way to do a mitzvah. And look in the footnotes, they bring a beautiful explanation over there how uh, there's a special chamber in Gan Eden for those who died as they were going to do a mitzvah. <laughs> Let my portion be among those who begin Shabbos in Tiberias and when Shabbos in Tzipori, Sephoris. So they explain over there, because Tiberias, you know, is even below the sea level, it's very deep, and there are some mountains around Tiberias. So therefore, the sun set even before, I mean, it seems to be setting even before any other cities. So that's why in Tiberias they would take Shabbos earlier than the rest of the places of Israel. And even though, look in the footnotes that they knew, but nevertheless they made a bit of a to take Shabbos earlier because he gave the impression that the sun had already set already by then. And Tzipori was in the mountains, so even though it already was Motsu Shabbos, but because it was high in the mountains, give the impression there was still daylight. So therefore, they, had, they also had like a gzera to wait until it's properly dark, until you start doing melacha. So Rabbi Yoisi would be very good if a person gets into that habit to take Shabbos early and to take Shabbos, Motsu Shabbos late. And another teaching by Rabbi Yoisi, Yehichel Kimi, there were two types of people. Some people would gather the people, the students, to come into the base medrash at the beginning of the morning. And then there were other type of people would call people, okay, time for lunch, come out of the base medrash to go out for lunch. So Rabbi Yisri said, my, my, may my portion be among those appointed to see the students in the house of study, like in the morning, to be the one bringing people to study and not among those appointed to stand them on their feet in the house of study, to say, to take them out of the base marriage to go for lunch. My, may my portion be among those who collect charity and those among who distribute the charity. Why? Because when you collect charity, it's for sure coming for the good uh, source. But those who were distributing the charity, they needed to decide whether the people that wanted charity, tzedakah, was really a person that was proper to receive tzedakah or not. And you might end up making a mistake. You might end up giving because you like the guy. You might end up giving money to somebody that doesn't really deserve that money or the other way around. So said obviously, I'd rather be the one collecting the tzedakah and not the one giving out the tzedakah. Uh, among those who people have a suspicion about them of doing something wrong, but obviously without him being the cause of that suspicion, and be innocent. Because that's also a source of, uh, look, footnote number 36. If a person can tolerate the baseless suspicions against him that float, float in other people's minds, that's a greater atonement for the person. However, Rabbi Yossi's statement do not apply to one who brings suspicions upon himself by doing something wrong. Okay, let's continue with Rabbi Hashem. Amar Papa, Rabbi Papa said a similar statement. Ledidi Choshdan Veloayabi. I once was suspected also of doing something wrong, but I really wasn't. I didn't do it. I'll let you look in the footnote number 37 later on, the two possible stories that there might have been a suspicion, but he was really innocent. Rabbi Yosef said, Oh, now we ended the things that Rabbi Yosef said. I, I, I'd rather be doing this and that. Now we're going to move on to things that Rabbi Yossi would do. Said the Gemara, I'm Rabbi Yossi, Chamesh Beilus Baalti. I perform five times intercourse with my wife, Benatati Hamishor Razim Israel. And because of that, she got pregnant. 
and in a metaphorical way, he said, I was able to, uh, to sow, to plant the seeds of five cedars within the Jewish people. We're going to see in the Gemara the five children that Abiyosi had that became great Torah scholars. And Manhninu, who are these ones? Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Loso, Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Cholata, Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Avtilas, Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Menachem, Rabbi Yosi. These were the five big rabbis, sons of Rabbi Yosi. The Gemara asked, there's a sixth one, Veika Vardimas. What about Vardimas? Says the Gemara, no, Vardimas, I know Vardimas, I know Menachem. Vardimas and Menachem is the same person. And the Gemara asks, then why Karile Bardimas? Then why, if his name was really Menachem, why they would call him Bardimas? The Gemara says, Shepan Abdoimim Levered, because his face was pinkish like a rose. So they would call him Rosie. <laughs> you can call me Rosiel Rosie. <laughs> says the Gemara, but hold on, going back to his statement. Remember the Rabbi Yoisi Mitras Oina Lokiyem? He only had five times intercourse with his wife. But hold on, her husband is required to have in permanent basis intercourse with his wife. Says the Gemara Elaima, rather what he meant to say, Hamesh Bilus Baalti Veshonisi. No, in five occasions, even, even though after I already had had intercourse with my wife, I came back right away and had a second time intercourse with her. Why? Because he's brought that by doing that, you can have a male son if she gets pregnant. So it worked in my case, and through that, my wife got pregnant five times with males that became Tamidu Chochomim. Okay, now the, the, the Gemara moves on on special things that Rabbi Yossi and then later on other rabbis would do. And the point on this is that. Uh, well, first we're going to do this, and we're going to move into the other, what I meant to say. I'm Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi said, I never call my wife wife, and I never call my ox ox. Rather, I would call my wife my house, because she's the one that runs the house, and responsible for everything that happens in the house. And I would call him Sadi. I would call my ox my field. Why? Because it's the ox that through him you can bring the crops out of their field. So he's the one that is worth the entire field. Looking at the number 42, Rashi brings a verse in Proverbs and many fold crops come into being through the strength of the, of the ox. So, because of that, he would call his ox my field. Rabbi Yossi discusses his private terminology because he wishes to demonstrate that one can gain wisdom from even his mundane remarks. Okay, now the Gemara is going to move into special practices of people. I'm Rabbi Yossi. In all my life, in all my days, I never gaze into my circumcised member. The Gemara says, any, could that be so? They ask Rabbi Nasi, why do they get the title of holy teacher? And he said to them, because in all my days I never saw my circumcision. My circumcision, it means I was very modest. Now the Gemara is going is to ask, if also Rabbi Yossi was like that, why didn't they call Rabbi Yossi also Rabbi Yossi Akadosh? The Gemara says no. The Rabbi Milso with Rabbi Yudanasi was two things. One is he never looked in his, his, his circumcised member. But there was another thing. He never placed his hand under his belt. That's moving to the last page of today, 118b4. He meaning to say, he was very careful that uh, looking the Masha, whenever one finds a precaution against indecency, therefore feels holiness. Meaning to say, Rabbi was very, very careful always to keep himself away from that uh, sexual 
uh, whatever can cause. Yama Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi said, and Yama Elo Rau, Koros Vaisi, Imrei Haluki. In all my days, the beams of my house have never seen the seams of my tunic. What he means to say is, in those days, people only wore the tunic, they had nothing on there, wear anything like that. So if he would remove his tunic to go to bed by, by going from bottom up like this and taking it out, then the seams of the garment would be now visible by the roof, by the ceiling, but then he would be naked. And then like that, he would go into bed. So instead of doing that, he would go into bed and he would be lifting slowly the tunic and then cover himself and like that, he was very careful to be very modest. Another thing, I never disobeyed words of my colleagues. He gives an example. I know I'm not a Koyan. And even my colleagues would tell me, go on and give us birkas keanim. I would go, even though I'm not a coin. Look in the footnotes, how can he do such a thing? He's not a coin, but I mean, a non-coin can do it. Can he? Can't he? But he said, I would do it never to oppose myself to whatever my colleagues asked me to do. Remember, Rabbi Yossi, I never said something about someone and had to retreat when he confronted me. Look in the footnote number 47, and leave it of be careful what you say. He would held that uh, if you say something that you, you are willing to say it even in front of the person, then it's not Lashonara. But look in the, the, bring, the Allah is not like that. Even if you're willing to say something in front of the face of somebody else, if it's something negative, you shouldn't say it. But Rabbi Yossi meant to say, I'm not an hypocrite. I'm, what I say, I mean to say, even in front of the person. Okay, look in the, just to end up today, give me five more minutes, Brother Hashem, that the following stories, maybe even three minutes, Brother Hashem, the following stories is because these were students of Rav. And Rav had 10 things that were extraordinary he would do. So when he died, his 10 special students took upon themselves to continue these things that I would do. So Amram Nachman, Teisili Dekayemet Shalosh Sudos B'Shaves. My reward should come to me of always being very careful on fulfilling three meals of Shabbos. And what he means to say is obviously they kept everything, but they were particularly careful with one of these areas. The Amar Abiyuda Abiyuda will say, Teisili Dekayemis Iyun Trila. I would be very careful diving with Kavana. Amarabuna bre de Rabbi Yeshua, Teisili de lo Sagina Arba Amos Begiluya Rosh. I never would walk with more for than four Amos, two meters, with my head uncovered. Like Because of that, I get a special reward. Amarab Sheshen, Rabbi Sheshen, Teisili de Kiamsin Mitzvah Tfilis. Because of my carefulness in the Mitzvah Tfilin, and again, meaning to say, he would never walk more than four hours without filling. The Amaram Nachmaramana said, Taisili, the Kamis Mitzvah Tzitzis. Give me reward for I never walked more than four hours without Tzitzis. So the Gemara brings a, a similar story. Amale Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef asked Rabbi Yosef, the son of Rabbi, Abuch Bemai Zair Tvei, which particular mitzvah was your father careful on? Says the Gemara, Amarlei, the Tzitzis, the same thing, in Tzitzis. And he brings an example. Yomachad Avakosalik Vedarga. One day it happened that my father was walking upstairs in the leather. And one of the strands of the tzitzis got caught. And he didn't come back down from the ladder until he was able to put and replace the thread in its place to have four tzitzis. Vemalabaya, and just the last one of today. Tesili de Chichazina Turban Rabanan de Shalim Asechta may I be rewarded that whenever I saw one a young student, a, a, a young Talmudic scholar that had finished a Masechet, 
that he finished Mamish attracted. We make a special holiday for the rabbis to number one. I will make a special meal for the Sium. So this is the source in the in the in the Gemara that when you finish a Masechet, that's when you make the Sium. So Bezat Hashem, let Hashem help us in 38 days to first of all finish Masechet Shabbos, uh, which is in July, in August 10th, which is a Monday. And Bezat Hashem, let's try to see if, if the virus goes down and we're able to, to make a meal together for the theme of Shabbos Bezat Hashem.